With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tungavalawa. Barkley from inside his own five. Barkley with a hook. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley runs the opening kick. 97 yards. What's up, Bucket fam? We're back for week 10 of the NFL season. It's a little late tonight. We're at about 10.30 at night, which is um, an interesting time for me and Alan to be recording. Normally we do it around 8.30, but no big deal. We're here. Who needs sleep anyway? Like, college basketball just started. College football action's going. We really just don't sleep until about May, maybe, and then baseball starts. But, um, Mr. Renegar, how was the weekend? Yeah, absolutely. No sleep till May. As, uh... My boy Everly said, look, it's going to be no sleep till May, right? That's where we're at right now. But here's where we're at. As a great golfer, Arnold Palmer said, always make a total effort, even when the odds are stacked against you. We keep finding the action because this is who we are. A couple of degenerates who shoot the shit with the boys and empty some cans together. What is life if not a gamble? E. Higgins. I love that. Like, honestly, that describes us right now. Like, honestly, we're all early 20s. We gamble. But, like, it's not like you're gambling irresponsibly. Like, we're gambling on, like, that's why we do the podcast. Like, we come up with reasons why to bet a team, and we bet the team. Um, Yeah, I think that was a good one. You have a career in that, I'm telling you. In- no, I don't know. I mean, look. Right. I like the I like the podcast here because, I mean, I appreciate that. But like, I look at the podcast, I like kind of just like you said, the podcast like helps us break down a bit and give you the most informed opinion about the bet, you know, and that's that's what betting breaks down too. Like, it's not just looking at a line and picking it and saying, "I feel lucky today." There's no, I guess there's a little luck involved, but you just got to study your ass off too, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah. And that's why I'm also really into stocks too, because you could, it's even, you, the, the more research you can do, the better advantage you can have. Because yeah. they're both numbers games, but the more work you're willing to put in, the better advantage you get. It's basically yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, and I just think uh, just a couple of boys here having themselves a good time, shooting the shit. I yeah. love it. So, uh, to start this week off, I'm going to start with a little bit of a tip. Haven't done this in a couple weeks. Um, but me and Alan were looking at the board saying, damn, this is a tough week to really, we felt we didn't really see the board. Like, there's nothing jumping out. Like, last week, I felt there were a couple games that really jumped out. Um, this week, there really wasn't. And that's part two because we're in week 10. Uh, obviously, less games. But the later you get in the season, obviously, the lines get sharper. Lines are going to be better. So, you're going to look at something and say, uh, that's probably about exactly where it's supposed to be. Sorry, fan was going off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's my tip. Don't don't force bets like the second half of the season. Don't 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 go hog wild. So if you've and this is my other thing, this will chime into it. If you've been betting ten bucks, twenty bucks, a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks a game throughout the season. Don't all of a sudden say, oh, I hit a big parlay last week or I've been hot. Let me double, triple, quadruple down. Keep betting that same amount. 
um, just mathematically speaking, if you go on a cold spell then, and it, it you, you won't like kill yourself. Um, plus lines getting sharper. So don't, don't destroy the bankroll and don't over bet as we move forward. Cause really still, if you're in week 10 and you only see two good lines and you go two and oh, well, I'd rather go two and oh, than four and two. I'd still, I'd take the two and oh. Yeah, no. And I agree. Um, there was an interesting point we talked about. I think we were playing poker one night and we were all discussing, you know what I mean? Uh, Betting NFL week one through three or week one through four is the easiest bets. I wouldn't say it's guaranteed money, but it's easier than betting later in the season. Like you're just on this, like you just have these, uh, even without doing your studying, like you just kind of know what's going to happen. You kind of feel it out. And then after week four becomes kind of a mystery because who you thought was that guy isn't that guy. Who you thought was the team wasn't that team. And it just becomes a really in different order so as ev said as you get later into the weeks here it's okay to be a little more frugal with your bets you know what i mean one or two good bets you feel confident in you do your little research or maybe you just have that gut feeling which i don't really promote but sometimes i've done that in the past where you just look at a line you're just like in your mind you're like that's a buy low spot i'm gonna hit that line right now that's just how it goes yeah i think that's honestly the best description you could possibly give it they're like I'm just looking back at some of the lines from like week two. Tennessee, for example, was a six and a half point favorite at Seattle or six and a half point dog at Seattle. Tennessee is now one of the best teams in the AFC. Um, Dallas at San Diego was getting getting three. Um, week three, it's just I know it's looking back and you're saying well blah blah blah, but this is why the couple first couple weeks of the NFL season the most money's bet. And the most money's won because the lines are not sharp yet, and that's just that's just basic knowledge of betting on football. But with that all being said, I think that can take us into our week nine review of our picks. I'll start, and normally Alan starts, but I, I want to start this time. Yeah. Um. First one: Minnesota and the Rams. I had over forty nine. Obviously, we know this game was a complete just boat race it went played into the 70s i think went to overtime minnesota got out to an early lead in this game and i wasn't worried the ravens felt like they were on a little bit of a sleepy coming off the bye week until lamar got going and start got cooking but for the vikings this is just another game where it was a inside a touchdown game again like every week they just play these really tight games and they remind me of the Chargers last year, just losing a ton of tight one-score games. And you're actually a good team, but your record's not showing it. Yeah, I mean, you could also equate that to the Raiders last year. Raiders played yes. a ton of tight games. It was the same the same aspect. And I think that's why I kind of felt like the Ravens were almost in like a sleepy spot this year. Because it just, like, that's why I didn't have any faith in them. Because I just feel like they play the so many t- like tight, close games. And like we said before, you can chalk that up to the NFL, or is this a warning sign, a red flag for later in the season? And that's kind of like where I'm at with them. Um, I'm not saying don't bet them. I'm not saying don't take them in the future. Um, I personally just don't touch the games with them. I just because you never, I just feel like you never get a definite feeling, or even in the box score sense, that how the game is going to go sometimes. I agree a thousand percent. That's the, that's the best take again. Just stay away from those games because hey. That tight game, blah, 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 can easily turn into a 14-point loss or a 14-point win because all of a sudden some things clicked or some things didn't click. 
So I guess that'll take me into my pick, my first pick last week uh, for review here, L.A., Philadelphia. Um, I took L.A. They were coming off a tough loss the week before. Mike Williams was down in receptions. They didn't really get to cook. The offense just didn't seem to do it. This week they come out against Philadelphia, 27-24 game. Look, L.A. still playing the tight game almost. Box score-wise, L.A. dominated, but they they just seemed like something was off the entire game. I don't know if it's just a Philly spot, if it was just a we're getting back into the rhythms kind of deal here, but I hope to see them pick it up and, and really start moving on. But I guess, too, as you get later in the season, you're going to have more more like tighter games also because each team knows what they're bringing to the table at that point. Like You know your identity. You're playing your best football. Like No matter what your record is at that point, you're playing lights out you're fighting every game because everybody's trying to just make it to the playoffs or just even have a positive record at that point. Yeah. And I guess we also have to take into account that the charges were really good early and they might've been doing some different stuff with, with Staley there and some teams get film on it. And all of a sudden we're going to figure some stuff out. And I've noticed something, Justin Herbert is not running as much as he did last year. And I think that's factoring into a lot of game planning and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I'm not saying he has to run the ball, but I think that opened up a lot more last year for them. And I think it's just a, it's been about a month, month and a half. We're at this kind of stalemate. I think they pick it back up. Every team's, I mean, you're playing what, 17 games this year. Like you're going to have a month, a month and a half where you just don't play good football and you eke out a couple wins here and there. Your bye week, blah, blah, blah. I think we just factor that all into, um, they're a good team. They snuck out with a, with a good win. Um, and yeah, now if they continue this for the next couple of weeks, might have problems, but, um, I'm still on the boat of they're a good team. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is I want, this is a testament to how good defenses are getting. Look, there's a huge push in the NFL for non-running quarterbacks right now. You look at somebody like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, guys that are used to making these crazy plays on their legs. Even Justin Herbert, just running for the five yards first down. They don't really promote that much anymore. Why? Because you see quarterbacks like it happened to RG3 in the past or you have guys along those lines. I mean, Michael Vick was really the only guy that could really make it work day in, day out. Um, So you're trying to protect a franchise quarterback. And the reason I bring up that point is it's just amazing because on the defensive side of the football, you have cornerbacks and your linebackers and you constantly feel like you're at a disadvantage. I feel like defenses right now are at a total advantage because they have teams recklessly worrying about receivers and quarterbacks at this point because you're so late in the season. And the NFL has just been injury-ridden. So I think the defense in the NFL right now is playing tougher and tougher each year, like each year. as the games progress, and, and I think this year is probably the best it's been. So going off that, if you look at – now this is just a, a, this is an interesting fact. If you go off fantasy points last year of the top – quarterbacks the top 10 one through four are underproducing last year's top guys so um kyler was up there lamar was up there um like brady this year is 50 points lower so far through week not through nine weeks than the top quarterback was last year but if you go down to five six seven and eight they're like within 10 points so i i i think it is a factor of defenses are playing a little better i also think the fans in the stadium are proving that 
defenses and games are a little low score, little lower scoring, and defenses are playing better. And you're right, the nature of of the NFL, you're getting more athlete, more just straight athletes on that defensive side. Linebackers that could run with any running back, linebackers that like Michael Parsons could line up against the receiver and guard him. Like that's yeah. just that's just the the way way football is going, and and I agree with you. It's turning into a defenses aren't you're right they're at an advantage not a disadvantage i agree yeah i just think that was an interesting point that crossed my mind especially watching this past week and like i said with the influx of injuries that the nfl has had two receivers and playmakers i think it's really bringing down the more average setup of receivers not saying that they're i mean saying you're average in the nfl you get what i'm saying point blank I think that just puts the defense a little above what the offense is able to produce right now. Yeah. And going off that injury, um, there is a lot of injuries. Do you think it could be a factor of that athletes are getting, and there's so much more advanced stuff with like working out and getting stronger and this and that. And like the hits are, although they're, they're more clean hits, they're still harder hits. And some of these guys, how they're working out, maybe there's different, like muscles and stuff that are maybe taking a little extra hit, a couple extra hits and you're getting injured more, like almost like a reverse psychology of instead of it being advanced and less injuries, it's more advanced and more injuries because there's everyone's bigger and stronger too. I feel like at this point, the game has evolved to something that the likes of no other sports ever seen. Um, you're at a point now where you have guys who are working out so much and take care of their bodies so well. And I also think it's the, um, the X factor of injury wise that there's so much more uh, known about it. Um, like if you're MCLs back in the day, that just didn't happen. You know what I mean? Those guys played through and it's a bruise. You know what I mean? Like that's what they would say. Oh, I'm just bruised. You have a interior t- in, in contusion or, or something like that. And you figure concussions, concussions weren't a thing really. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like within the last 40, 50 years, I mean, I know we haven't really been alive, but watching old games, like I love to do like the old gridiron 100. I know you like to watch some, some stuff like that too. I feel like it's just become more awareness of injuries and not necessarily. I do understand what you're saying, but I just think it's like more of a, it's known now, you know what I mean? And there might be more concern that a little injury that you would have played through 10, 15, 20 years ago, you you now you're out for the game and you might sit out another game, even though you could have played through it. Well, and that's that comes down to it. Like there's a lot of guys that did that back in the day and it shortened their career by yeah. two, three years. That makes a ton of sense. All right. So we'll continue. And also we have COVID this year, which obviously has taken out a ton of guys. Yes. Speaking of the COVID. Aaron Rodgers was out last week, and we both said Packers plus the points was just way too much. Personally, watching Jordan Love, yes, it was hard to watch him. There were a couple plays where it was like, what's going on? Personally, I think this kid's going to be really good. That second half of the game, it felt like he really got comfortable, and he was able to make some passes. He ended up covering the game. If their defense could have got stopped, he maybe had a chance to go win the game. Um, Overall, no, they're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers this offseason just because they have Jordan Love. Maybe they trade Aaron Rodgers because he wants out, yes, but not because Jordan Love lit the field up in his first start, but I think the kid is going to be just fine. Um, And, hey, we got the cover. Also, the Chiefs, I think, actually just aren't good at football this year. No, and I agree. I think they're just a total dumpster fire. I mean, 
no no discredit to Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes. So I think they need to beef up that offensive line. They need to get themselves some defensive help. It's all great and good. You have Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCall Hardman. You have all them nice toys out there. You signed Josh Gordon. But look, at the end of the day, you know, something that worked two, two, three years doesn't work today. They figured you out. The jig is up, buddy. You got to change something. I agree. Um, that'll take me into the the next game. Um, Jesus, Raiders, was it? Yeah, Raiders, Giants, the Luckbox Giants. Yeah, the freaking Luckbox Giants. I don't know where this team came from. Um, I don't know if the Raiders were in a in a lullaby or what. With everything going on with the whole rugs thing, coach thing, blah blah blah. Silver and black. I don't want to say they're dead. I don't think they are. But uh, what a game! Like, the Giants' defense just – I don't want to say they played lights out because they did give up 16 points. I mean, but they – I think they played rather good defense. I was really shocked. Uh, I don't really want to contribute this to a, just a total offensive win because I don't really think that offense is all that great. Well, they're not. They don't have anyone there. They just have, they just have Daniel Jones, who really I don't think is that good, but they didn't have Saquon. I think Kadarius Tony got one target, which I was just like, how do you win this game and your best player gets one target? Confusing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was more sleepy, unfortunate spot for the Raiders more so than a good Giants victory. In my well, opinion. that's what I'm saying. Even on a box score, total yards, 404, 403 to 245. Total play, 67 to 54. Yards per play, six yards on the Las Vegas side, four and a half on the Giants side. Let's get into passing completions. 30 out of 46 on the Las Vegas side. 15 of 20 for New York Giants. Um, turnovers. Uh, turnovers. Oh, yeah, that's what killed them. Three turnovers. Yeah, there's um, a pick six in there, too. Two passing interceptions and one fumble lost. So I guess that's where you call the game. Right yeah. there. Defense. I, I said that. You know what I mean? It's just – it was sick. It was just a sick. It made me maybe want to spend all day in the bathroom. <laughs> all right. I'll bring you into my last game, which was the Monday night game, a.k.a. the refs versus the Bears. The Bears did eke <laughs> out. They covered, although the refs made sure they tried their best to make sure the Steelers, first of all, gave the Steelers the win and tried to make them cover, but couldn't do that. Um, we know the refs were terrible. Uh, I'll say this. I've probably said it. I'll say it again. I've probably said it before. We need to start holding these refs accountable. They need to be fine like players are fine. They're, um, the crews they're with need to be broken up after games like this. Like You got to look back and say some of these calls were just horrendous. Um, they were, it was Clearly, there were, there were pass interference calls, roughing the passer calls, that taunting call at the end that changed the outcome of the game. Like And then the one chop block or block below the knee that the guy didn't even block anyone. Took a touchdown off the board. There was 10 points granted to the Steelers. I think the whole fourth quarter, the only reason the Steelers scored points is because the refs gave them a P.I. call and because I think they had two field goals, a P.I. call and a, uh, a, what you call it, a taunting penalty. They're the only ways the Steelers scored. It's terrible. But on the bright side, Justin Fields looked very, very good. It looked like he, the game's starting to speed up to him. He's getting up to that NFL speed. 
And some of the throws he made to Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney were just like, that's the guy. And he missed Mooney on a deep pass in the fourth quarter on a second and two, I think it was, just missed him. That's like, that's what that's what you saw at Ohio State when he was throwing to Chris Olave and stuff. And it was like, that's what you're looking for. And I really liked what I saw from Fields. I, I know he went to Ohio State, but I I think Fields could be the best, potentially one of the best quarterbacks come out of this class. And I really was happy with what I saw from him. Yeah, so on the ref's point of view, look, I give respect to all the officials who ever do it because that's one hell of a job to have. Secondly, I think the NFL needs to take a play from the NCAA at this point. Like when they had that horrific crew with the Penn State thing, they split them all up after the fact. You just can't. I Some of the calls in the NFL are just what I call um, indifferent calls. Like there's no consistency sometimes within the NFL or how the rules are read or, or whatever goes on. Look, if I'm an official, the way I'd play it is first three quarters, everything's game. Whatever you call, you call. You stand by. Okay? Fourth quarter, let the boys play. You never – but the other thing I will say, and I always preach this, close games, you never let the refs handle the game in the fourth quarter. You go out and win that yourself. You have to – that's what I'm saying. First three quarters, you got to go out and you got to take the game by the – Take the bull by the horn. You got to take the whole game. And unfortunately, I understand what you're saying. You, you got, they got ten points, but they let it. They let it in the ref's hands, and that's just not where you want to be. That's fair. The NFL also needs to come out with like the NCAA does and say explanations for plays. Like I would love an explanation for that. And they kind of came out with that taunting one, but yeah. there there were a couple. There was a roughing the passer call on Big Ben where literally a guy bumped him and Ben fell and they like they was like crazy. And then there's ones where Fields is getting hit clearly late, two steps after, and it's like yep. that's that's the play you're trying to eliminate. Like why wasn't that called? Yeah. Like I seen a replay of that. They you know, TikTok and all the internet sources that we have today. You know, Tom Brady gets that call. Big yeah, Ben gets that call. Exactly. You know? And it shouldn't be ridiculous. like that. It shouldn't be you get that call. It should be Okay, this is what we're gonna call. It's not a judgment call. It should be this is yeah. these are the rules, and I think that's also a problem that the rules aren't fully black. They're and just white. not consistent. Yeah, they're not exactly. consistent at all. Like, and I think if they would, the NFL would come out on a consistent level and say, "This is it. This is what it is." Even if we don't like the play call, or I mean, even if we don't like the call, we have to live by it because the people that watch it, because that's what's called consistently. That's what you know. Just like everybody got used to the targeting call in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes the call. Nobody likes the ejection, but people eat it because it's consistent. Correct. Correct. 1,000% correct. But that'll take me into my last game. Uh, Giants-Cincy. I mean, Cincy, where the hell were you? Where's Waldo? Are you in China? Did you get mailed to New Zealand? Where are you? 41 to 16 from the Browns. What is going on? What world am I in? I was very confused too. I thought the same thing. Uh, the, two weeks ago, we were saying this Bengal team was like potentially a contender in the AFC. And we just go and lay eggs. And it's just like Baker Mayfield is not that good. He lost Odell. And. They just ran it down their throat, and like even Joey Burrow, like he looked, he looked lost. It was like, what the hell is going on, buddy? Like I, we were just praising you last week, and now it's like, what the hell is going on? I, I, I don't know. I'm confused about the team. It, my take is, a young team that's good, 
and they still have these stinkers. So this is this isn't a this year. This is a next year and the year after type of team, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm gonna call this the Twilight Zone because I don't know where the freak I'm at. But with that being said, I'm gonna roll right into our picks for this week. Let's let them rip. I'm gonna start off here. Um, down in Washington, the Washington football team invites the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers into their home. And at the uh, over-under is 51 and a half. I said, uh, I'll take that over, son, because I believe this is what's going to happen. This ain't no sleepy spot for the Bucks. Hell no. Tom Brady's going to come out, big swinging dick and all. He's going to say, I'm here to win a Super Bowl again because I'm getting old. So here he comes. He's going to walk into Washington. He's going to throw some tutties. He's going to hand it off to old Lenny. Old Lenny Two-Step is going to take her to the, to the house a couple times. I think this is a five-touchdown game on Tampa Bay side. I think uh, Washington, the uh, subpar Washington football team, inks out. Two-tutty game. Puts them over to 51 and a half, maybe a little kicker and field goal at the end, kind of to ease the bleeding. And then they come out and they cover. This is like the uh, Tampa Bay uh, Miami game. Brady's going to come out. He's going to get his. He will put up his points. I hope he puts up five touchdowns. He's my fantasy quarterback. And on the same hand, Washington will also do their part and they will get some touchdowns. They will get Terry McLaurin. They will get Antonio Gibson, hopefully. They will be able to score their points. It will not be a close game, but. The game, I could see a 45-21 type of game. Yeah, absolutely. So that'll bring me into my first bet. I am going to be taking the Cleveland and New England under. So if you guys didn't hear, Nick Chubb is probably out with COVID unless he gets two negative PCR tests because he is vaccinated. Not immunized, folks. Vaccinated. Um (laughs) <laughs> Belichick loves to take away your best player, as we know. Uh, who's Cleveland's best player right now? I don't know. I think it's the run game with Ernest Johnson, probably, so he's going to try to take that away as best he can. I don't really think Cleveland's going to be able to sling the rock. I mean, maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones gets another bomb. Um, Mac Jones, obviously, they're not letting him sling the rock. Um, baby goat Tom Brady there. They're going to run the ball a lot. This is going to be a sloppy game, a lot of ground and pound. And 45 is just way too many points. I think this total probably should be around 42, 41 and a half area. Uh, Give me the under. Cleveland, New England. Revenge game for Bill Belichick, I guess, because he originally coached there how many years ago? Yeah. um, I'm going to say this. No disrespect. I ain't going to touch the game. That's fine. That's just one of those freaking games, dude, where, like, I mean, respect the pick. I completely get where you're coming with it because, you know what I mean, take the run game away from them. Dearness Johnson, you have an evil genius is Bill Belichick coming in, kind of constricting that defense, getting it going. I completely get it. It's just one of those spots where the freaking Patriots are just so damn lucky, man, that they can come out and put up like 28, 30 points, beat beat them like 28, 14 or something, cut it real close, you know what I mean? Or it could be the opposite way around. It's just one of those games I'm like – no, <laughs> you know, I agree with you. I, I see. I see where you're coming from. Um, but I must stick my trust in Billy Belichick and staying under the total. Yes, sir. Next game is uh, Philly, Denver, Philly plus three. I think this is uh, look, Denver's crap. We all know it. I don't think they're like uh, they're not God's gift. They won the first three games of the season, kind of crapped out after that. Look who they played the first three games, though. 
Um, Philadelphia, after a tough loss last week, I think uh, old Nick Sierra, you know what I mean, getting shit thrown on him as he walked out. I think he's going to be pretty fired up this week. I think Philadelphia uh, needs to find a new defensive coordinator because that defense is shit. But, uh, look, Philly, offensively, they keep running the football. They keep going between backs. They let Jalen Hurts kind of take a little pressure off him, get a little play action rolling, um, maybe push it down the field to my boy uh, Rieger, who I dropped today, that piece of garbage. Um, or they get the Devontae Smith involved. Look, I don't know if the Eagles win this game, but I can almost guarantee you they cover. Yeah, this is a sleepy spot for Denver. I don't care what anyone says. Coming off that great win last week against Dallas, Dallas was in a sleepy spot. Um, Philly, the Jalen, the fighting Jalen Hurts, who is good at football. I don't care what anyone says. Um, they run the ball a lot this week. They get Devontae Smith in the end zone again. I think the birds can pull this one out. Going up against Teddy Covers is going to be hard, of course. Um, but yeah, I think I, I like the Philly side. I, I sleepy spot Denver. Denver does have a good defense, but guess what? A good defense is worst nightmare. A quarterback that could run and Hurts yeah. can run the rock, and he's going to fight for a first down. Um, yeah, give me give me the fighting Jalen Jalen Hurts there too. I agree. Fly Eagles fly. My second pick. I'm going to be staying in the AFC East. Buffalo and the Jets, we're going over 47 and a half. That Buffalo game last last week was a fluke. Um, I love that. I love that pick right there. Josh Allen's not going to put up six points again. This is a get-right spot. It's in uh, New York. Mike White, the the next Hall of Famer, Mike White, is starting, and he's going to be slinging the rock. You know he's not going to be scared to just rip the rock. And the Jets are going to play into the 20s. I don't see how they don't. Buffalo's defense is good. But when you're going to throw the ball 50 times, you're going to score points. And give me Buffalo to probably end up blowing them out. I mean, the, the line's 13 and a half. I, I could see this game played into the 60s easily. Yeah, look, if you're the Jets, I don't care who you are on the Jets. Um, you've been consistently bad year in, year out. If you're still coming out with nerves or nervous about making plays, um, you should just quit football because you should just go out and play at this point. Like, there should be no worry. Like this kid's come out. Everybody's like, where'd he come from? Woodwork? What's going on here? No, I just don't think that he gives a fuck. Not, I don't, not in a bad way, in the way of I'm going to go out. I'm going to make my plays. I'm going to try to get us a dub. And that's the end of it. He's just, he got balls. The man got freaking balls. Like and, it's just incredible. And with that, he's going to make mistakes. And if one of those mistakes yes. turns to be a pick six or something, then who cares? Yes. That's great for the total. Yes, exactly. He's just trying to go out and make plays. And, and kind of like I've said and touched on is uh, Buffalo, a little, little bit of a rockabye. Um, look, this is a team who is a immediate contender for the Super Bowl this year. Um, the, the Bills fans want it. The, the Mafia, they want it. McDermott wants it. Josh Allen wants it. Look, this is going to be a hungry team. They're going to come out. I think they have something to prove this week. Hungry dog runs faster, baby. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Starve a dog for a week. And you'll see how fast you can chase a man. <laughs> so with that being said, that'll be taking us into my last and final pick. We have L.A., San Francisco, Battle of California, baby. Look, L.A., another team, another good team, and a little bit of a sleepy atmosphere last week. We see our boy Stafford out there. Yeah, struggled a little bit. You know what I mean? Slinging the rock. He made the Tennessee Titans defense look like it was the Bears running the old 5-6 in the Dicka days. I'm telling you, it was it was something unheard of, unseen. It was a shot heard around the world. You couldn't believe it. You didn't see it coming. With that being said, 
LA comes out this week, they whip. I'm talking whip. They beat the hell out of San Francisco this week. They have they covered a minus four easy. San Francisco just don't have it. They don't have the drive. They don't have the offense. Jimmy G, who's he? That's all I got to say about that. Yeah, I'm not convinced Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I, I I think I said he was a really good coach before, but after seeing the last couple of weeks, I'm not completely convinced he's a really good coach. And this spot, we talked about this earlier, came up with the with the Rams before where they've had a really sleepy spot against Arizona, and then we bet them the following week. I think this is the same deal. National uh, TV, it's going to be a Monday night game. I agree. The Rams get right this week. This is a divisional game. This is a game you need to win if you want to stick with Arizona in your division. I I, I, I like the Rams. Rams won't be an official bet for me. Actually, it will be. It'll be an official bet. We'll make it a together bet. We are 6-1 and one on together bets. We both agree on the uh, Rams bet right there. Um, and I'll take them in spread pools as well. What, um, by the way, real quick, what's our overall total again? So we don't throw that in. Overall total is twenty-one and fifteen. That is both of our picks combined. I think that math is right. Um, that would be. Uh, see, it's not exactly six picks. I know there's some weeks where you have two picks or I have two picks. So yes. that math is definitely right. Not a math major, yeah. but that that math is right. Yeah. Um, this will take me into my last bet that I don't think I forced this, and it's going to be an official bet only if I can get 10. That's where it's going to be an official bet. The Lions plus 10 against Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh sucks at football. Their offense sucks with Big Ben. Deontay Johnson's good. Claypool might be out this week. That could be big. If Claypool is out, and all of a sudden, first of all, Deontay will just get peppered with targets. Of course, I just traded Deontay in Dynasty, but that's okay. Um, Najee's going to get a ton of work. The Lions coming off a bye, I think... It's a really good spot. I'm not saying outright. I think it's a really good spot. If we can get 10 there, if I can't get 10 pregame, I'm going to wait till I get live, and I'm going to get that 10. If it, 10 never comes, hey, it's not supposed to happen, whatever. Um, but I, I like the Lions this week. Off the bye week, the fighting Dan Campbells, maybe they get their first win? I, I don't know if I'm calling money line, but um, I think it might be a super square bet after what Pittsburgh did Monday night. I get it. But if you're going to give me two scores with the Lions, I think uh, – Goff can can at least put up ten to seventeen points. Yeah, look, this isn't chicken noodle soup. This is this is Campbell. This is this ain't Campbell's chicken noodle soup. This is Campbell. The Lions ain't sick, baby. And I'm telling you what, hear me out here. Pittsburgh Steelers haven't been playing their best football. That's for sure. And I know I said earlier this season that Pittsburgh should be the team. I was wrong, folks. Very very wrong. Lock me up, throw me away in a straitjacket. I'm telling you right now. Look, I want to see the Lions like Dan Campbell when he got hired this year. That team that just comes up, and even when they're down, they just grab you by the knee and they twist your legs. They don't give a shit. And I'm telling you what, I like that. I like that. If you get the 10, take the 10 because there's no way that uh, the Lions, I don't think, uh, lose by more than 10. I agree. That about wraps up our Week 10 bets, as always. Like, subscribe, unsubscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a drunk at a bar, tell anyone you want. Mr. Reniger, thanks as always for joining me. Do you have any more wise words for the people? Yeah, um, if you're out there struggling like the rest of us in fantasy football, hang on, brothers. We will fight through this. We will make it alive. I will see you on the other side. You want to hear something disgusting right before we go? 
I'm starting Ernest Johnson and A.J. Dillon in my dynasty league this, this week at running back. Yes, it's gross. But we're in a little bit of a rebuild, so it's okay. But everyone have a great weekend of gambling. Win some money. Win some bets. And, of course, drink some beers. Absolutely. Peace out.